welcome to episode two. We've been looking at the subject of discipleship. In our previous episode, we talked about discipleship and who a disciple is. We want to continue today by looking at the person of Jesus. And this is Ransford speaking to you, and I'm here with Prosper, <laughs> who everyone knows. And we are here with a special guest today, the person of Imano. Thank you all for having me. So as I said, today we'll be looking at the person of Jesus. We'll go into certain details to look at who Jesus is, and we'll look at him in light of other religions. So let me start with Emmanuel. Yeah, Emmanuel, who is Jesus? Okay, so this, this question is a very deep and it's a, it's, a, it's a simple question, but it buries and it hides a lot of information and a lot of knowledge within it. So... To start off, I'll simply say that Jesus is the embodiment of God. He's a personification of that of the divine God in flesh who walked and lived on the earth roughly 2,000 years ago, came to die on this earth to rescue us from our sins. But not, not just that, he came to actually reveal the beauty, the very essence, the very nature of God, the very glory of God unto us, because you you'd realize that this God that has been progressively revealed to us from the beginning of the Bible, from Genesis up until the book of Malachi, was ephemeral. He was he was he was, he was a bit intangible. It was it was a bit difficult to put a grasp on him. People were not able to fully relate to him as they would wish and they would want. And so God knew this need, or he, he foresaw, or he realized that we actually have this need for more. We had this mm-hmm. desire for more. So he decided to come, and he decided to come embodied as a person. He decided to enflesh himself, cover himself with flesh, so that he can walk amongst us, so that he can dwell, live with us, so that he, we can feel him and he can feel us. There will be that intimate contact and intimate connection between God and man, that's chasm, that's, that's breakage in fellowship, which resulted from Adam and sin and fall, was mended by this person of Jesus. So he, this, in fact, this doesn't even scratch the top of the wow. iceberg, but I think we can, we can start with this for now. Wow, so Jesus is God revealed to us in flesh. And God wanted um, to show us how he is in human form so that we could relate with him in a better way exactly. okay so we already know that jesus existed exactly so prosper can you tell us was jesus more than a carpenter was he because some people claim he was um that person in the day who who was who was rebelling against the religious leaders of the day against the political leaders of the day some people say that he was just, some people even term him as a madman. Just give us a clear picture of who this Jesus is, if he existed. Yes, um, he did exist. And um, he was more than a carpenter. Mm. Yes. Uh, like Emmanuel said, he was God among men. You know, and um, I mean, if you take time to study his life, you'll know that, no, this man, he's a standard humanity. You know, he's the standard for all men. I mean, check all men that came through history. The claims he made and everything he did. I mean, it's only an extraordinary man. Someone 
Who is God? Who can do the things he did? Uh, so he's more than a carpenter. I mean, he's, he's more than a carpenter. He's God enfleshed. He's God enfleshed. Yeah. Okay. So can you give us some of these records? What are some of these um, evidences that Jesus was more than a carpenter? Okay. Just a few. I mean, we can just take a look at his miracles. I mean, the miracles he did. You know, both um, Christian and non-Christian sources actually, I mean, affirms that they did happen. And um, it's a clear proof that no ordinary man can do those things. Exactly. No ordinary man can do them. You have to be God to do those things. Uh, so, for instance, he said, oh, go, that seems to be forgiven thee. And the people were annoyed. Ah, I mean, where from this man? Because we know it's only God who can forgive sins. So his ability to even say, Charlie, your sins have been forgiven, is a proof that, ah, he's more than a man. Wow. <laughs> wow. And you know, the religious leaders of the day couldn't, they, they couldn't ignore the fact that this man was doing something, something extraordinary. Yeah, exactly. They came to him to criticize the miracles he was doing. And the only thing they could put, they could use against him was, he was doing it by the power of Beelzebub. So even the religious leaders, the people who opposed him in his day, could not even deny the fact that he was doing something extraordinary. Yeah. So they confirmed it by that question. Okay. But we want to also look at certain documentations of the life of Jesus. We know of the Gospels, the accounts of the life of Jesus. All right, so can we go into that a bit and find out portions of relevance about the life of Jesus authenticating that he lived? All right, so um, I would even like to quote from maybe non-Christian sources before we even touch on the Bible. Wow. You know, so um, you have people like um, Tacitus, who is considered the greatest Roman historian of all time. You know, he affirms that indeed Jesus lived and he died. You know, we have the, um, the Babylonian Talmud, which is a collection of rabbinical writings, which affirms that indeed Jesus lived. And um, we also have um, people like Mara Basarapion, you know, the Syrian philosopher. He also affirms that Jesus lived. Um, I mean, a, a lot of people, even the famous satirist, Lucian of Samasota, also affirmed that indeed Jesus lived. So we cannot deny the fact that Jesus lived. Even um, recently, one of the foremost New Testament skeptics in the, in the United States, you know, Bart Herman, he said, if there's anything that is worth noting about Jesus Christ is that he lived and he died on the cross. Yeah. So now when we come to the Gospels, you know, someone will say, why are there four Gospels? Why is it that one Gospel cannot be used to, I mean, describe all that Jesus is? But the thing is that Christ is manifold. I mean, his money for someone would say he's in many folders. <laughs> you know, so I mean, one, one gospel cannot just unveil. So all these gospels actually give us different aspects of who he is. Remember, I mean, Ezekiel chapter 1, Revelation chapter 4 speaks of four living creatures. You know, the face of a man, an ox, um, a lion, you know, and then, um, I mean, uh, I mean, all, the, all these living creatures, it actually corresponds to the gospel. They correspond to the gospel. Yes. So, I mean, we cannot deny the fact that Jesus lived. I mean, denying that Jesus lived, 
I mean, then we must throw away all of ancient history. <laughs> <laughs> must throw away all of ancient history. Yeah, because, I mean, everything is dated back to him. Because before him is BC. After him, AD. <laughs> so he cannot be taken out of the picture at all. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, so we have both um, biblical and non-biblical records of the fact that Jesus lived. He lived as a man. Yeah. He died on the cross. And let's talk about his, his, his resurrection because it's also an area of contention. Are there any proofs that Jesus indeed resurrected? Yes, there are, there are quite a number of proofs from the Bible itself and from the culture that he lived in. Exactly. The first, the first thing we can even point to is the empty tomb. Yeah. People verify that indeed the tomb was empty, indeed that there's nobody there. Do you understand? And if he was, if it was a farce, if this resurrection was a was a plot by his disciples, who, mind you, were so scared they couldn't, they were not present at the resurrection. It was just John and some of um, Jesus's, his mother and some other few women who followed him during his ministry. These disciples, are you telling me that they can overwhelm a Roman guard? It's not just one guard, mind you, not just one guard. It was a cohort of soldiers that were surrounding this tomb because religious leaders of the time had put it in the Roman, in the heads of the Romans that these disciples can be up to this mischief. So they were on guard. They were very, very, they were very alert. So it, and mind you, this, this was a, this was, a waste of time because there, th there was no threat because these disciples were scared mm -hmm. to their wit's end. Now, we, we also look at the people who reported this sighting. Mm -hmm. That is women. One interesting thing we must even note is the fact that within that culture, within that Jewish context, in fact, within that Greco-Roman context, the, the, the testimony of women wasn't held in that regard. It wasn't really yeah. respected. So if you are going to formulate a certain theory, if you are going to be proposing or propounding an event, a, a remarkable event such as a resurrection, you won't put it in the mouth of women. Wow. Do you understand? You won't, it won't even cross your mind because they don't respect or value women, unfortunately. Even our dear Apostle, Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, where he's talking or listing those who cited the risen Jesus Christ, he leaves out the women. Because he's sensitive to the, court, the, the context and the culture he was writing in. It's not like he was misogynistic or anything, because Paul really worked with women. Priscilla oh, yeah. and Aquila, Junius, the, the female apostle, and Phoebe, the, deacon, the deaconess, who sent his letter to the, the people of Rome. And so you realize that this, by, this, by this very admission, women reporting the resurrection, there is a lot of truth to it. Mm -hmm. Now let's come back to the Jewish people themselves. Yes, they had a notion of the resurrection. Yes, they were, they, were, they were hoping that the Messiah would come back and some way, somehow, defeat the Roman Empire, defeat those who were oppressing the people of God. And from verses like Isaiah 26, 18 or 19, that which, speaks, which speak of a, a, a mass resurrection, a resurrection of all who had died before. We, we see prophetic visions like Ezekiel's 
Ezekiel 37, where he speaks to the value of the dead bones, and they all come back to life. So they, they had this notion that, indeed, there's life, there's more life, there's life after death, yeah. or the Messiah, or the Godhead, can actually raise them back mm. to life. But then somewhere, somehow, they they rejected this notion of a singular resurrection because mm-hmm. it didn't make sense. It, it, didn't, it didn't cross their mind that ah, one person out of the lot, where is he resurrecting to? In Chiwute, open in where is he rushing to? Somebody may report that even Herod, Herod was thinking after he had beheaded John the Baptist and Jesus, he heard of Jesus' miracles, Herod was thinking that, oh, indeed, one person can resurrect. Mm. But then let us vet and inspect the very life of Herod. He could have been hallucinating. It could have been a guilty conscience that was um, impinging on him that you have done something wrong and you know it. Now there's somebody who is doing even greater things yeah. than this this John the Baptist that you, you sinned against. So we cannot stand on Herod's supposed claim that somebody can resurrect one individual can resurrect alone, leaving the rest of the Jewish people. Me, and bearing in mind that Herod wasn't even a serious or respected Jew mm. in that regard. And so I think the, the, the text itself, also the, trans, the radical transformation of these disciples. Remember wow. we mentioned earlier that these people were scared. They were so scared that they couldn't even bear to watch his, resur- his, his crucifixion. They, exactly. they all ran away. Peter, mm. the hard guy amongst all of them, he denied and even cursed the name of Jesus Christ three times. <laughs> but after this encounter, after this, this divine resurrection happens and they meet this risen Christ, they touch him. Thomas fuse his side, fuse the nail print in the stamp. He, there's this radicality that overtook and enveloped them such that they were willing to die. They were, mm, they yeah. were, they were, they, they were calling for death, like, exactly. kill me, end my life. Yeah. And you can't attribute this to sincerely believing a lie or sincerely believing a myth. Because once you are presented with death, once you are threatened with the death, mm-hmm. that if you don't stop this thing, we will kill you. Mm. <laughs> Nobody in their right mind will continue, exactly. will continue in that regard. No, exactly. it's, 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 it's impossible. Mm. Maybe somebody, somebody may prove me wrong, but in this case of the resurrection, we know and it is verified that these individuals, these men, these, these unlearned individuals who were nobodies before, but after this encounter with the resurrected king were so bold and radical that they were preaching before kings, they were, pre- they were preaching till they were crucified. Wow. Are you getting me? So yeah. I think... The, the, the text, the, the, we don't even need to go outside mm. of the text. The, the, the biblical support is, is very strong and it will take intellectual dishonesty to reject, <laughs> yes, intellectual dishonesty yeah, to reject yeah. the claims of the Bible. Wow. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, I think even, um, you know, historically, even in the 1800s, I mean, there were some parchment and scrolls that were even found in one of the mountains in Turkey you know, I think called the Acophile, you know, describing the beauty of the resurrection. But, um, you know, Imam made mention of the disciples of Jesus. You know, when we speak of the disciples, most people think they were grown men. <laughs> but at that time, um, I mean, it's been proven by um, historical sources that at that time, all the disciples were teenagers, all of them, with the exception of Peter. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and if you're a rabbi, your students cannot be older than you. Exactly. Or your students cannot be of the same age with you. Mm. So, number one, presupposes that other disciples were younger than Jesus. Yeah. Number two, do you, do, you, do you remember in Matthew chapter 17, from verse number 24, the Bible said Jesus and his disciples came to Capernaum. Mm-hmm. And when they got to Capernaum, those who collected the tribute, the tax, they came to Peter and said, Peter, your master, he doesn't pay tax. <laughs> and to cut the story short, Jesus said, Peter, you know, these guys, we, not, we need to give them something. So they stop worrying us. And he said, go, cast an hook. The fish that comes out, take the money and pay for me and you. Exactly. Why did Jesus say, Peter, pay for me and you? What about the other 11 disciples? Were they not part? Mm. <laughs> Jesus was actually communicating something profound. Hmm. Because according to the mosaic economy, when the tribute was being established, in Exodus chapter 30, from verse 12 to 16, number one, the Bible states emphatically that women were not supposed to pay. Number two, children were not supposed to pay. <laughs> <laughs> and number three, it was only men. And with the men, the Bible said, you need to be 20 years and above. So when Jesus said, Peter, pay for me and you, Jesus was saying, Peter, you and I, we are above 20, the rest, we are not. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. and you, you can remember, there was a problem and then, uh, John's mother came and said, let this one be on your left and let this one be on your mm. right. Assuming they were 30, uh-huh. would they have gone to call their mother? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, all of them were teenagers. Yeah. All of them. Exactly. So, um, and even if they go and steal the body of Jesus, what was their motive? Exactly. What was their motive? We, ne- we need to also look at their motive. You know, I mean, most scholars don't buy into all these things that yeah. the disciples stole their body and all that. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean. And besides, if he was dead and his body was still available. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. It had, it had been stolen. Somebody could have reproduced it. They could have harassed them and forced them to bring back the body. And, yeah. and they showed to everybody that, hey, this is the Jesus guy. He's dead. Yeah. No, don't listen to anybody who tells you that he, somebody has resurrected. No, 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 no. So I think we, we, we can't rule out the veracity of the resurrection. Wow. Exactly. Wow. So upon the resurrection, he revealed himself to women. He revealed himself to the disciples when they were shut in a room, afraid. And then the Bible tells us that he also revealed himself to some two disciples on the way to Emmaus. And then he revealed himself to other people also, about 5,000 people. And you you, you realize the consistency. And is it possible that all these people would lie? (laughs) or were all these people hallucinating these are things we need to think about that indeed there's there's good record of the fact that Jesus rose from the dead okay so let's look at Jesus in light light of you know other religions okay what is the difference between this Jesus because they are pseudo you know Christian sects they are um, they are other groups and other religions who claim to have a kind of Jesus. Some people even believe that 
the Jesus we have, you know, originated from other traditional sources of Jesus Christ or other images of Jesus or representatives, things that look like Jesus. Okay, so what's the difference between our Jesus and then other kinds of Jesus? I think Ivan would like to go. Yeah, let's, let's listen to Ivan first. Okay, so I think that first, what we need to understand is that this Jesus, in, in comparison and in light of these other claims or these other religions, he existed before time. He existed as a member of the Godhead. Yeah. He is God. Do you understand? Most of these other religions have Jesus as a derivative, as a demigod or as a lesser god, as one within the pantheon of gods who happens to die and resurrect on a seasonal mm -hmm. basis. But one thing we, we are not looking at is that why should such a tale be prevalent in every or almost every culture across the various continents of the world? Okay. There's, something, there's something we might be missing. Mm -hmm. It, it therefore presupposes that these people had a certain idea, had a certain understanding, a, a notion of the Godhead, of mm. who God is and his relation to his exactly. people, his plans and purposes for his people. But then due to certain cultural constraints or maybe certain misrepresentations, misrepresentations and deviations, yes. they ended up with these other gods. Because it doesn't, it, it doesn't make sense for such a, a thing to be consistent in almost every yeah. religion. And then we, we also cannot make the claim that because these other entities are believed to have existed or are believed to have this nature of dying and resurrecting, mm -hmm. this Jesus, whom we have already shown, was a true historical figure. This Jesus is false. So this reminds me of a certain story in a book I read by Greg Kuko, he calls it the story of reality. In it, he details a certain, the book by a certain author called Futility. In that book, he talks about a ship called the Titan, which travels from England to New York in the month of April. Unfortunately for the people on the ship, it's an iceberg and it sank. It didn't have enough lifeboats to take care of everybody. So 14 years down the line, in real life, a ship is traveling from England to New York in April. It hits an iceberg. It sinks. It, did, it doesn't have the required number of lifeboats. It, the, sh the name of the ship was called the Titanic. So are we going to say that because there is this story, there was a story by Morgan Robertson called Futility, the events of the Titanic sinking, the Titanic disaster, are false and are, are totally irrelevant. We can't make that claim. That yeah. is intellectually dishonest. Mm -hmm. And so if anybody, whether they are Africanist or whatever it is, they try to make the they try to rubbish the the existence and the divinity of Jesus Christ simply because there are other iterations or there are other stories about some other gods from other tribes and, and religions. It doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't hold any water. Besides, you have to show us that this Jesus we are talking about, he didn't exist. Mm -hmm. He's a lie. He's, it's a facade. You don't point no. to somebody else and say that because that guy exists, this, this your Jesus doesn't exist. Yeah. Wow. And you realize that the very nature of man, the depravity of man has always longed for a savior. Yeah. Man has always longed for a savior. Man has always, see, there's a part of man that seeks to connect with God. And so man has 
throughout history used various means and media and 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 and, and objects to try and get um, back to God, and that is the reason why we we see these articles, these images, these pseudo Jesuses around. But guess what? God came. Exactly. God came. He walked the earth. <laughs> he came. He walked the earth, and he, he he's still fulfilling that inner quest for a savior and saving mankind from his depravity through his son. Yeah. Very few people, you realize that very few people would actually um, put their lives on the line for yeah. something that is not true. Yeah. Okay. But we see people who claim to have believed something and were, were, were ready to risk their lives for it. We see people, uh, thousands and thousands of people who were killed and even at the point of death, still confessed what they had believed. Yeah. As proof as, as proof of how authentic the truth that they have received is. Can can we go into that? Let's <laughs> let's look at a few of these people who who were pushed to that point and still held on to their confession okay. of what they had seen and believed. Yeah. All right. So I mean in, in history there was a lady by the name Dorothea Trudell. You know, and then, um, I mean, she was taken to a magistrate. I said, Dorothy, deny Christ. Oh, I mean, uh, I mean, we are going to kill you. She said, no, I'm not going to deny Christ. I said, if you don't, if you don't deny Christ, I'm going to kill you. I said, oh, if it, as I'm standing here, I'm in the garden of the Lord. <laughs> I said, I'm, I'm in the garden of my master. And he said, well, if you go to the garden of, of your master, send me some apples. So they took Dorothy. And they killed Dorothy on that day. That day, when the magistrate went to his house, he opened his door. I mean, a bowl he actually <laughs> left there. There was nothing in the bowl. When he went, there were, there were apples in the bowl. <laughs> he said, ah, I believe in the Jesus Christ of Dorothy. Wow. He went and then confessed, and he was also martyred. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, there, there's several proofs. We have Polycarp. Yeah, Polycarp, you know, you know. I mean, people like, um, I mean, Polycarp, Justin Mataya, Arrhenius, all, all these guys. I mean, Polycarp was a disciple of John. John. You know, uh, and um, I mean, before before his execution, I mean, he had a dream. And he saw that his pillow was burning. <laughs> so immediately he knew that he was going to be killed. So actually the people took him and then hit him. Hit him in the woods and everything, but they searched him out. I mean, and he was also martyred in the amphitheater and all that. I mean, a lot of people. I mean, in history, there was a man by name Hans Alejba. Oh. They took this man to kill him, but this man didn't die though. See what happened. They took this man to kill him. I mean, put ties all over him with wood and everything. Mm. But before his execution, he just plucked a leaf. And he said, God, if you allow me to die, remember what you've done and repent. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) They just poured, I mean, petrol and everything. The fire, they never touched this guy. Wow. They repeated the process again. He never died. Wow. That instance, most of the people got converted. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so I mean, history is replete with records of people.
people standing for the faith. No, no matter what. No matter what. No matter what. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we cannot deny. Wow. Uh, people died. But yeah. People, people also lived. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and you know, Charles Spurgeon said, the blood of the Matthias is the seed for the church. Wow. Uh, so their blood is actually the foundation wow. for the conversion of most people. Mm. Because what, what was done in those days was that they would take the fathers of the faith yeah. and they would execute them in front yeah. of the young ones. Yeah. So as they do that, it will weaken your faith. Mm. But the more they kill them, the more these guys. Wow. They have more zeal. I don't know. Wow. We also want to die. Yeah. Wow. We also want to die. I mean, there was this guy who actually denied Christ. But he went home and he decided, ah, I've been a fool. <laughs> he came back to, to give himself again. <laughs> he came back to give himself again. And a lot of people. I, I, right. I, well, I, believe, I believe so much in, in, in those words of Spurgeon. Yeah. You, 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 we can see Stephen being martyred. And then you see Saul there contributing to his death. And then in the next chapter, we see the conversion of Saul into Paul, and we see the works of Paul. So indeed, indeed, the blood of the blood of oh, the um, Matthias is, is the seed for the church. Jesus is alive. Let's talk about that to end it. What 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 is the evidence that Jesus is still alive? <laughs> All right. Okay. So um, I mean, the evidence that Jesus is still alive. I mean, is that he's in us. Wow. Exactly. He's in us. And, I mean, Hebrews 7 actually makes mention of his high priestly ministry. That he's actively acting as our high priest. Exactly. Maybe some other time we'll get time to talk about that. But, I mean, these are proofs. Mm-hmm. The fact that he works in us, talks through us, is enough. <laughs> he's, he's alive. Wow. <laughs> if Christ is not alive, then we are not saved. Yeah. Exactly. And you could see you, you can see a replication of, of, of the effect of what he did on the cross, even in our day. Yeah. That even now people can still be saved. Exactly. You can see the transformation that Jesus brings in the lives of people, hurting criminals, becoming Christ like. Yeah. So beautiful, so beautiful. And Jesus lives within us. Jesus lives in us and he works through us. The miracles still happen and people are still being saved and people are still being transformed. So thank you so much for joining us in this episode. Um, We hope you've learned a lot. Use this opportunity to study more, to know more. And don't forget to follow us on all platforms, on Twitter, on TikTok, on IG, Calvary underscore Central. God bless you all and have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast was brought to you by The Milk Factory. Don't forget to share and subscribe. Have a lovely week. We love you and God bless you.